Red Zone, welcome back to uh, yet another Red Zone Rumble podcast featuring myself and my co-host, Andrew. Andrew, say hello. What's up, guys? I'm here to save everybody from 30 minutes of Spencer talking by himself. (laughs) And then we have, uh, we got a special guest today featuring on the podcast. You know him, you love him. Uh, Where you at, Jimbo? Uh, they know me. I don't. I don't know about the love me part. I'm joking. Um, no, they don't. They love you. <laughs> uh, I'm good, Spencer. How are you doing? I'm, well, we're glad to have Jim on with us today. Um, fire up some of our, uh, I guess, stale takes. Uh, we before we got into the podcast, he called himself the lightning rod. Um, and I uh, here uh, before we get started, uh, we had something just come up before recording. Uh, Chadwick Boseman has just passed away very recently. Um, so rest in peace to him. Uh, I'm praying for his family, thinking of his family. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy. He did such a great job and the role he played. We had no idea. Um, so rest in peace to him and his family. So tonight, um, since actually before we even do that, before we uh, had our last and most recent podcast, we actually uh, we fired our intern uh, who gathered all of the incorrect rosters and said Philip Rivers was on the Chargers and everything Ooh. else. So, yeah, that happened. Um, but tonight we're going to tackle some uh, Madden 21 gameplay impressions, something we kind of got from the trials, uh, discuss coaching changes, review some trades, and just to preview a couple things, give you a, a small preview of what we're, uh, what we're looking at as we go into the cycle. You guys ready? I'm ready to go, man. Yep, Let's do it, I'm ready. Man. Round one. So Jim actually brought this up as we were discussing uh, what we were going to do with the podcast. And he, I think we should shout out the commissioners uh, for definitely putting in all the work that they've done behind the scenes and all the things that we don't see as go into making this league happen uh, for Adele, what he does and what JP does and adjusting sliders and getting kind of the best version of red zone we can get. Um, we definitely appreciate those guys. Um, you guys have anything you want to say? Uh, we do appreciate it. You know, it's a lot of time and effort and goes into that stuff. It makes it more enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. And they've like put a lot of, you know, they put extra time in when we're not playing and stuff like that to come up with all of this stuff and structure all of it. So it's a big commitment, you know, that not every one of us could make. So, you know, big shout out to both of them for what they do each individually and collectively. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. Um, but let's get into some Madden. Let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. Uh, myself, um, I think the gameplay this year, as far as Madden 21 is concerned, I, I love how smooth it feels. I love the, the new animations that are in there, how they stretch for the first downs and the touchdowns. Um, it just, it's worlds better. Um, the teams matter. You know, the, the way the AI plays, like the cornerbacks and the safeties, they don't watch football fly over their heads anymore. The way the running game, love everything about it you know even the franchise was untouched and you know wasn't you know paid any attention to but gameplay wise i think we got a really good product what do you guys think andrew uh i agree with you uh gameplay is a world different Uh, i believe it's gonna help a lot in our sim league how they do stretch out for first downs and if you have stefan gilmore he's gonna play stefan gilmore and that's what i learned playing against the computer when it first came out was you can't throw at the good guys and hope you're getting a 50-50 ball because you're not. Um, just more realistic, I feel like even with our sim gameplay, it'll be a lot better than what it might look to be already. Absolutely. What do you think? Um, I was impressed by a couple of things in the game. Um, the way they kind of redid the juking system I thought was really cool. Um, it had been kind of stale in the past. It makes it feel like, you know, those – those buttons, you know, that stick combination matters more. And that's the fact that you can chain it. Um, I coverage the way the defensive backs and wide receiver interactions go both ways, you know, like I'll give you an example. Uh, Spencer and I played a preseason game last night and I, <laughs> we won't go into how terrible my quarterback was, but he did have one great <laughs> play where uh, Jefferson beat the uh, slot corner on a, on a go route and he just lofted it right up there, you know, and Jefferson ran under it and, you know, was able to score. So 
you know, he was able to beat that defensive back and create real separation. And then the way that a like a Jalen Ramsey type in all of my like scrimmage games would, even if it's not his receiver, he would go to play that football. Like he was on it. Like, you know what I mean? Versus like, you know, another player who might not have that type of intelligence to go after that. So, so I noticed differences there. And then, then the main one was the defensive backs that get beat. I've seen a couple of pass interferences, which are awesome. You know, you like, it's, it's the same animation, but like if the DB gets really beat and you know, it's going to be a catch and they're within arm's length, they're going to grab them. And that's what they do in the NFL. So like, it's, that's a great add to, you know, gameplay is great. I wish they would change more stuff. I feel like we're still going to have the same offseason problems, you know, sniping and free agency, you know, the draft isn't really all that hard to read, you know, that type of stuff. But, yeah. but we'll go from there, you know. Definitely. I have my apologies to those who are listening. If you hear any uh, background noise, um, I do live with other people. But, yes, um, I, I like what you said about the juke animations. I think, like, like, especially when you're on the sideline with, say, like a Christian McCaffrey type and you hit the right stick one time to the left and, you know, he's gone. I mean, it's a it's a 60-yard touchdown. This year you're not getting that same um, that same opportunity. And I, I love that about the game. I think that it adds realism. It adds the chaining. Of but running. look at that specifically, Spencer, and sorry to cut you off. When no, you make good. a juke in there, every player reacts to that juke now individually. That's Absolutely. the impressive thing to me about that sequence. Yes, uh, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, I think it's. I think there are some things that they need to work on, especially within the actual franchise. And I think we'll have a really good product next year, hopefully. Um, but let's kind of let's move on a little bit to round three. Um, recently, and this is especially this is going to hit home for Jim a little bit. Um, the NFC West, right? It's on. It's undergone some changes in head coaching. And you're looking at CAD is taking over the Seattle Seahawks. And you got um, Ernest is taking over San Fran. Jim, I'm going to start with you here because this is definitely for you. What are your thoughts on these new coaching changes? Um, I mean, I like Ernest and CAD both, you know, as much as you know, I like Sin and Trent as well, you know, so they're all nice guys, you know what I mean? Uh, but, uh, you know, Ernest is, is tough because, you know, he's a former Super Bowl champion, you know, multiple, I believe multiple times, you know, a couple times. So he already has a pedigree and, you know, he's tough to beat. And especially I, I watched some of his games, you know, the way he played the game, uh, that's tough to play against. And, you know, the players he had, you know, that Arizona team two years ago, They're I believe tough. it was. And then uh, the Chiefs last year, even, you know, he was going out and constantly trying to make moves. So he's a smart GM. And I saw, you know, what he did to gain extra picks and try and do stuff like that, you know. And as far as uh, CAD goes, you know, CAD, CAD's, CAD's a great guy. He's my uh, – I forget what they call that movie game that we played in Nashville. He's my partner from that. So, you know, that that's our connection. But, uh, you know, really, I, he, he should bring it – you know, he was kind of newer – I, you know, some of his GM moves in the past, I would question, but, you know, he's got a good team. So yeah. when that comes down to it, you know, that team's going to be pretty good. And he's going to have uh, a problem without having two first round picks, though. But that's oh, definitely be another story for another day. Um, they're great additions. I mean, it's they're going to be tougher to play than I think that it's an improvement in talent, which, you know, makes it tougher for myself and Remesu, obviously. So we'll see how it goes, you know, but uh, welcome back to both of them. Definitely. I agree with you there, um, especially uh, considering what kind of media they both bring or what kind of his podcast and artists. Um, I remember he dropped like a quarterback um, piece of media where he's looking at all the different uh, angles and moves and all the things that a quarterback has paid attention to. I really appreciated that. Um, I like that a lot. So these guys bring a lot to the league in terms of activity. You know, Trent, um, we're glad he just had his – this kiddo and you know he's got this house going thing or house thing going on it's awesome and uh, we definitely wish him the best in that but for me i'm gonna kind of speak on this for a minute and we'll go to andrew um this division did it just got a lot more competitive to me um and i don't know i know that's not good news for you jim but at the same time i love what Ernest brings to the table he's a super bowl champion he's he's been there before he makes good gm moves and he's he's just been a good madden player and 
um, you know, I'm, I'm going to call a spade a spade here. I, I'm, you know, I'm not like uh, those who are just going to you know, say people are trash because, you know, that's just my MO. These guys are good. Um, Ernest is definitely better than Cad, and he's got a much better team at the gate. But I think uh, coming in, um, he's got a guy like – he's diet Lamar Jackson. He's got Russell Wilson um, at quarterback. And I'm, I'm assuming he's going to use Russell Wilson kind of to the same way he's Lamar. And um, I, I just like this division a lot. It's got a good composition. And personally for me, I think Ernest is going to come out on top here. Um, sorry, Jim. Um, but that 49ers team is just good, you know. Um they're just good. And, uh, Andrew, what do you think about these two guys uh, making their way into the NFC West? Um, I haven't played – I know I haven't played against Ernest. That was kind of because I joined with, like, two seasons to go last um, year. And But, I mean, if he's a defending Super Bowl champion before and he's getting a team like the 49ers, it's not good news for everybody else. Um, only thing I know about Cat is he's always in chat and he ran from the scrimmage smoke when he was in there talking. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, Moji stepped up and played me. Cad did not. But, uh, like I said, I don't know much about his gameplay. I know he's a cool guy in chat, and he, he's getting a good team. So, if he's a halfway decent user, he, he, he had Lamar, He had Lamar Jackson last cycle, remember? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I oh, never yeah. played them, thank no. God. I just saw him on the team Twitters talking about, us, about Lamar Jackson <laughs> and this, that, and the third. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he's getting a good team and he's a decent user, then he's going to be successful. It's going to be a – Fun division to watch because I did play Jim when he had the Dolphins and Myron Boone sacked me like 10 times in one game and like my second game ever in the league. Um, so yeah. it's just going to be fun and competitive division to watch. So, uh, Andrew, what do you think? How do you, how well do you think uh, Cat's going to do um, without, especially without two first round picks? See, he has to, he has to win now and think about that like immediately because he's not going to have those two first round picks. He did get Jamal Adams. Was it worth it? Absolutely. You know, if Russell Wilson plays out two more years and he's halfway decent, then he can draft a quarterback in the third year. But that defense is insane. He has Bobby Wagner as well. Um, you know, his running backs are serviceable. So he's got he's to think win now and then everything else fall in place. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, Jim, what do you think about uh, Ernest? Uh, how successful do you think he's going to be at the gate? I mean, Ernest has a good track record. You know, generally, I would think he'll be successful. You know, I predicted the 49ers to be a pretty successful team this year, and I still think with Ernest instead of Sin, their trajectory is about the same. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Sin's a pretty good user. Yeah. So I, I think they'll be about the same. You know, it, he may go farther in the playoffs than Sin might have, but we'll see. So, yeah, are you uh, kind of putting a lot more value into the experience of being down there in the playoffs and, like, a deeper run? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who wouldn't? You know what I mean? If they're yeah. someone who goes deeper consistently, you're going to put more, you know, value into their stock as a true contender to win, right? You know what I mean? Definitely. I agree with you there. Um, let's look at round four. Uh, we're going to talk trades. I know we're kind of stealing from, you know, uh, the Rewind podcast and from the podcaster, but you can't help but talk about this jam-packed uh, trade. Uh, the trade committee has been getting put to work, okay? Um, I don't know if any of you guys in the – Jim, are you in the trade committee? Yes, I'm in the trade committee. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. That's all They've right. They've putting you out of work. That's all right. They've been putting you out of work. But uh, let's, let's just go chronologically based on, you know, the postings from the Chef Twitter handle. And we're going to begin with the Broncos. And they send, and we know who the Broncos, the user is, right? They send Von Miller to Miami in exchange for Houston's first round pick. Uh, they got that from the Tunsil trade. Um, so I'll begin. And I, my thoughts on this is that Aston obviously he wins this trade for me ultimately because he's getting a first round player, and Houston's not going to be good year one. I'm just going to tell you. I know metal schools are great user and he's been there before but i think they're gonna go seven and nine you know i don't think they're gonna have an amazing year so this is a nice addition for aston and his rebuild in denver um and miami gets older here and sure they get a great pass rusher von miller is elite he's just getting old right do you agree um so we have to he has to resign von next year and he loses a first round pick as a rebuilding organization so, Andrew, what do you think about this this trade? Who wins it and why? 
Uh, I think Aston wins. You know, having a guy like Von Miller is always great. But when you're a team like the Dolphins, that's not necessarily in the first three seasons going to go out and win it all and basically going to waste what you have left of Von Miller instead of having another first-round pick that could be a guy you have all cycle. Um, I know Von Miller's really hard to pass up on, but that would be – I'd be thinking more of the future, especially with the Houston first-round pick. It's going to be a top-15 pick, most likely, maybe. And so I don't, I don't think – I wouldn't have done it even though it's Von Miller, but I feel like you're just going to be wasting his talent and you just wasted a pick. Yeah, do you think uh, you think Black Madden just kind of going to win that mode? Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't – Tua – what's Tua, 73? Yeah, Tua's not great. I mean, I don't – I haven't seen Tua play. I know Joe Burrow plays really well for a 76, just from what I've had with him in the scrimmages. But, I mean, I don't see anything on that – offense that's going to win you as Super Bowl like you have Matt Breida and Jordan Howard and then Devontae Barker your best receiver and offensively you have to score points no matter how good your defense is you know I mean, if you're kicking field goals the whole time and giving up touchdowns you're still not going to win the game and I think Black Matt is a great user um you know not even just to because I usually slander BM but he's actually not as bad as he advertises um, so I think I think he might squeeze in a like a wild card. You know, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this move propels him any. I just think him as a user alone makes him like a wild card appearance at least in this with that current roster. Jim, uh, what do you think of this trade? Um, obviously Aston wins it because he's going to get a young player to be able to develop, and depending upon how good or bad he is this year, which I don't think he'll be bad. He's too good at the game. Yeah, uh, you know. Houston, that pick will be, in my opinion, somewhere between ten and, and eighteen. Okay, so I don't I don't think it's going to be as high as you guys think it is. I think middle school is a little bit better than that, but we'll see. You know, that I think Houston it, team is just bad. You know, they have some good they have some good players on that team. You know, but. I really think that that metal school has more, you know, plus having Deshaun Watson, when you have a good quarterback, I mean, it helps a lot. You know what I I mean? Like, like that's a big difference for someone because Madden's made it matter a lot more what type of quarterback you got in there. So I think metal school is a little bit better. I think what Aston was looking at is black magic's a playoff team. He thinks with Bond Miller. So he doesn't think Metal Skull is going to make the playoffs, hence him taking Metal Skull's pick. Indeed. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. that would be the, at least from my perspective, what he, what I think he was doing. So the way I look at it at this point is I don't pan Black Magic quite as much as most people do. He just tried to accelerate his rebuild. Honestly, he tried to, like, you know, because you got this young rookie quarterback that you're going to have for three more off seasons on a rookie pay scale. So you can afford to bring in a Von Miller and you have an extra pick because Miami has been pick stacking, you know, in real life at this point. So he goes ahead and, and, you know, he shoots a shot. So I, I don't hate it as much. If it was me, I would never do this, but he's more confident in the fact that he feels like he can compete with JP and Moji and, and you know Glenn right now, and try and be a force within the division and a force within the conference. I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle. You know, his offense is still going to need some work, but defensively, he is a good football team, and he is a great secondary. You know, he's got four, you know, pretty, you know, two pretty good corners. You know, four, five able-bodied ones. You know, so he's in a good spot. No, uh, what do you think? Um, so I, I think in the current state of like Moji's roster, that Jets team needs a lot of work, and he is you know he's been shifting out guys or shipping out guys. We're gonna get into that further as we go through the list, but I think that um, you know BM might be making a move here because he, he's taking advantage of the situation, and I'm not mad at it. So let's move on. Let's talk to uh, let's talk about Philly. So Adele is sending Derek Barnett. To Buffalo, so we're looking at another AFC in exchange for a second round pick. And I, for me, I think this is a nice trade for both guys. I think each team benefits here. 
Um, Buffalo is making – they're making a run for their division because right now Moji's team is not good. You know, Black Magic, you know, is trying to put this together. His offense is not as good as we'd like it to be. But, Dol- like, the Dolphins are a decent Madden team. And Philly gets a nice young talent on a rookie deal whenever they draft because we know how valuable second-round picks are in this league because we got guys who can scout. So, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. What do you think and who wins this trade and why? Uh, like you said, I think it's good for both of them. Um, Adele does get a young guy, and I'm not sure what he's trying to do in Philly. Uh, like you said, JP's trying to make a run at it. And if he can use Josh Allen how Josh Allen should be used, um, he has the weapons to do so now that he has Diggs. Um, John Brown, he has great receivers around Josh Allen, who in real life is really, like, iffy on if he's going to have a good game or not. I haven't seen him on this Madden yet. But, I mean, I think it's a nice trade for both squads and what they're trying to do. Jim, what do you think? Well, uh, I'd say Adele probably got the slight upper hand on that just from the standpoint of him getting that second-round pick. Um, You know, Barnett's a nice 24-year-old player. I'm pretty sure he's 24, 25, something something in that range, you know, because he's right at that, like, cap area. What I think JP's really trying to do is build, you know, a nice defensive line rotation, you know, with the way that fatigue works and, you know, all these different abilities. Now, if you've, like, read through the abilities list, which I actually spent the time to do, like, and actually read in detail each one and all of that, there's a lot of abilities that, like, take stamina away from players this year. So, like, they make your players tired. So you're going to have to be a little bit deeper. So I think his philosophy is I have a great defensive line, but if I can add even more like rotation depth, we'll keep pressuring and we'll be dominant, more dominant defensively. And it's not because I have like a single, you know, uh, you know, not because Barnett brings this, like I'm an insane Von Miller, you know, Khalil Mack type pass rusher situation. It's just, he adds more to a rotation you keep going at it, and teams have had good pass pass rushes and good defenses that way. Do you think uh, pass rushers in this Madden will be as significant? Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> Thank no God. How <laughs> it's like it's it's just not a thing. Like the pass rushers are important, but they're not like last year. If you didn't have a pass rusher, you weren't winning games. Absolutely. That's just the truth. Like. You know, you had to have some type of – and if you had multiple pass rushers, whoo, it was, it was Nightmare City. Look at uh, – what was his name? Wasu and Bosa for Aston last year. You guys were freaks. They were money. And then, you know, like, uh, finally by the time I had Boone doing his thing, I finally had, like, you know, a group that was starting to get some sacks. And there were other guys around the league that had – I think Miles Garrett was, was up there with his group. Like, Oh, believe you know, me, I know. So, you know, anyway, I don't think that pass rushers are going to be near the thing. They're important. You know, they're still one of, like, the key positions when you're, like, doing franchise cornerstone type stuff. You know, your quarterback, your wide receiver one, your left tackle, your your defensive end, your middle linebacker, and your number one corner. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, that type deal. Like, those are the important spots. So, I, I'd slot that in there. So Buffalo's Still. D-line now, it consists of Derek Barnett. You got guys like Cheer Hughes and Oliver. Uh, who else is on this roster? Trent Murphy. He's quite mediocre, but, you know, he's a decent pass rusher. Um, I mean, this is a decent D-line. And you're looking at an already stacked defensive secondary that is going to be really hard to throw against, especially if you're a, um, a Sam Darnold or a Tua Tagovailoa or a Cam Newton. So I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out. I think it's a good move, but I, I could see where uh, Dell gets the slight hand here because of that second round pick. Let's continue on. With, uh, Philly makes another trade, and they send Jason Peters to the New York Jets for a third round pick. Um, and Andrew, I think we'll start with you here. Uh, what do you think of this trade? Um, the thing is, I think. Moji is in a position where he is trying to maybe push for playoffs and see what he can do based on his skill, but he's also trying to prepare for the future if he doesn't. Because, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's upper, like, I think he's like 28. I looked that up. So, I mean, he's really good, and Moji's a pretty good user. So, I think Moji's not going to be the type of guy that just sits around and loses on purpose, but he's also going to take these picks from other teams just in case his 
season doesn't work out the way he wants it to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think uh, Moji is definitely trying to make a move. And like you said, he's pushing to kind of make some noise in this division. And uh, it depends on whether or not Moji is successful, which I think he will be. I think he should be, considering who he's playing against. You know, they're all on the same level, if not Moji being above the rest of them in terms of user skill and the resume. So Philly wins, I think, in this trade because Peters is – he's old. And uh, they're focusing on developing Sam. And uh, Moji makes a case in chat yesterday um, is that you can't develop your quarterback if he's on his back all the time. And I think he's right on that. But, you know, I think Adele is really trying to re, – I guess redo the way this contracts are put together. He's getting rid of guys who cost money, who are old. And he's trying to look in the long term. And I, I definitely think it's a good thing. Um, Jim, what do you think? Um, I don't hate the concept that Moji comes up with. And, I mean, he he understands that, look, he got an extra second-round pick for trading away those secondary pieces that he had, you know, which were, you know, some average, but they became two starters for the Chiefs right away that the Chiefs needed, but that's later on down the road, right? Anyway. The, the point that I'm making is I don't hate the idea. I hate what he did because it's Peters. Like, if you had th- sent that third-round pick for someone, maybe a, a few less overall or something like that, but someone who was at least, you know, an average serviceable player that you could potentially have over, you know, a couple-year span, whether it's as a starter or a backup, you know, on a, on a salary control, I, I have no problem giving up that third round pick because of the amount of draft capital you have. You feel like it helps your team now and could help your team down the road. But short-sighted moves on a team that's like like the Jets that is using draft picks to rebuild doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I get the idea of, you know, court, don't you want your quarterback on his back? Like, I need him, you know, <laughs> upright to throw the ball. The whole, the whole idea there, I just think that um, he could have probably gone out and looked for a different player. No, I could see that. Um, also, I forgot to mention earlier that, you know, how do, how do you think this changes if Deshaun Watson is in a Jets uniform? Because I know that there, there was a trade on the table, and then at the end of it, you know, the Texans back. Of course, most because he's not really trusting what Sam can do. But he loves Sam, and it's kind of just – it was tough. But I think – what do you think um, – do you think this is a, a good thing that Deshaun isn't in a Jets uniform? We'll start with Andrew there. Um, I mean, Deshaun would have been better off in New York, I think. Um, For the Texans, Deshaun's one of your only – if you're going to try to rebuild, wow. he's a young guy. And that would have been one of your main pieces. But um, Sam Darnold is – I'm not a big fan of Sam Darnold in real life either. But, um, I mean, Deshaun would have been better off in a Jets uniform, I believe, just because wow. he's got Moji there. He's got Le'Veon. He has less pressure on himself. Interesting. Yeah. Jim, what do you think? Um, I think that kind of changes the, his moves. But think about it this way. The Jets, you know, and Moji even self-described, you know, was described in his coach's interview about how bad the team was, right? If you're you're doing a trade like that to get a quarterback like that, usually you're trying to do that, especially since he's getting paid real soon, real soon, and you're taking away the cap control that you have currently to do so while giving up extra draft compensation in the process. Yeah. You know, that that doesn't make sense unless you're on a team on the rise and you go, well, this guy isn't good enough. I need to swap him out. Like, you know what I mean? And that's not usually a second or third year quarterback like Sam Darnold, you know. So I, I that's that trade wouldn't make sense to me at this point. And, in, in, you know, like if this was, you know, a couple of years down the road and Watson's a 90 overall or something like that or a 91, 92, whatever it is. And Darnold, you know, you know, Moji fell out of favor with Darnold and the whole nine yards. Then maybe, yeah, because the team will probably be better. And then it's like, oh, I just need my guy to go win. And that's in the position he'll be in. But at this point, no, that's that's not a good trade for the Jets. It's once again, giving up more draft capital to a team from a team that's rebuilding for players that are already there that 
aren't going to be cap controlled. So that that doesn't help you get better in the long run. And uh, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Um, and we're going to kind of unpack more because I know the Jets made another move. So we'll unpack that. We'll put it in more context in a moment. But before we do that, uh, let's move on to the Steelers who uh, who are now being coached by Ian Johns. And they send um, – no, wait. Yes, the Steelers – no, the Steelers are coached by King John. And then they're sending Ryan Switzer who who's going to Los Angeles who is under Ian Johns. Sorry, I got that finally. Um, and they send him for a third-round pick. So Ian Johns gets his one of his favorite receivers um, from last cycle, Ryan Switzer. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you, I hate this trade. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Ryan Switzer, and I had him for a moment in time on the Steelers last cycle. He's fast. He's, he's, uh, he's got really good agility, and he's not bad in the slot. But let's be honest. What are you going to do with a 5'8"? Um, Ryan Switzer against some of these secondaries that you're looking at in the AFC West. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, you're giving up a third-round pick for someone who probably won't even play most of the time unless Ian Johnson's a different you know, game plan. I personally don't like this trade. Um, I think Ian could have, you know, obviously went and got a receiver out of free agency before doing that, but he had, a, I guess, a preference. Um, so Andrew, what are your, what are your thoughts or what are your thoughts on this trade? I don't like it at all. Like you said, Switzer's not, he's not a third round pick kind of guy. Um, I would have definitely looked in waivers or free agency for, if you're just looking for speed, there's a lot of fast receivers, like, and there's probably a lot of faster, better receivers out. Um, I know Seattle just signed Philip Dorsett, who has like 95 speed. You probably could have got him for a lot cheaper just because Seattle's receiving cores insane already. Um, so third round for a guy like Switzer, I, I don't like it at all. Yeah, uh, I definitely uh, I, I don't necessarily like this trade for the value that was put on it. You know what I mean? Like a third round pick is a little excessive for me. Uh, Ian obviously wanted his guy, and he got him. Now, as far as the Chargers are con- are concerned, he does fit in because he's immediately going to become their slot receiver. So he's kind of equipped from a rating standpoint to be a slot receiver, probably more equipped than most of the free agents you'd have gotten your hands on. Uh, so between that, you know, or at least somewhat equal, so between that and Ian's love of uh, Ryan Switzer from his time, I believe, on the Cowboys, that's, uh, you know, the the basic idea there. I, I, I don't like the trade for him. You know, good job by King John getting an extra third-round pick. And, uh, you know, he's going to keep building that team in Pittsburgh. Hey, and King John's actually made some really nice moves. He went and picked up uh, – I think it was – I don't remember – who was it? Um, the – it was the white was like Thomas Jr. I don't remember. He picked up a decent receiver as Paul Richardson is who it was. Picks up a receiver in, in order to replace Switzer. It's obviously not the same slot guy, but I think um, I, I'm excited to see what he does next. But I personally think that Switzer is just. Um, I think he gave up. I think uh, yeah, I think he gave up too much for this player, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes. I know Ian Johns is a pretty good team builder, and I think uh, I think he'll do well. And uh, I think uh, I haven't looked at this roster in terms of wide receiver value. I know they have Keenan Allen. I know they have other guys that are pretty decent, but I haven't looked at the slot. So you might be right. I'm pretty sure you're right, Jim, there. Um, But I think you can go get someone else instead of paying for a third round or paying for a mediocre receiver with a third round pick. So we'll move on. Let's kind of look. Let's look back at the Jets. And they send Marcus May and Pierre Desir two pieces of their secondary for a second round pick from Kansas City. Jim, let's start with you. What do you think about this trade? Um, I actually think this is a good trade for both teams. So it's a win-win situation. So for a second-round pick, Kansas City just got two starters who are going to help them win right away. A safety to put next to the Honey Badger, which is an excellent thing. Like Marcus May is a no slouch as far as safeties are concerned. And Pierre Desir as you know, is not a superstar player by any means, but he's absolutely a solid corner and he brings some much needed uh, 
depth at that position that they don't have currently. It's, you know, kind of a big deal for them to get a corner in there. So, you know, Moji also is going to get a second round, you know, so that's his second, second round pick right there. And he's going to have the opportunity to draft if he chooses to, you know, um, knowing Moji and some of those picks probably won't be in his pocket by the time the draft happens, but uh, we'll see how it goes from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, both of those guys are 81 overall and uh, they're, they're not very old. Marcus May is actually an 81 or no, he's an 81 overall and he's only 27. And then you're looking at Desir, who is 29. So he's fixing to regress some. But I think this is a really good move for Kansas City, who's in win-now mode. Um, this is not a bad trade for either team, like you said. I think it's fairly balanced. They get help in the secondary in Kansas City. And you have Tyron Matthew, who is spectacular at what he does. And then Emoji's getting draft picks. He just he loses um, a third-round pick to Philadelphia, but he's unloading – or he's reloading, if you will – with two second round picks in that way, um, including his own. So, Andrew, uh, um, what do you think like about Jim this? Like Jim said, I kind of like it for both teams. Um, if you could pick out any weakness in the Kansas City defense, uh, the cornerbacks could, like you said, use some depth, use some help. Um, just the uh, defensive backs there. And uh, like Jim said earlier as well, with Moji, I don't expect him to have all these picks at the end of the season because if you looked at his trade block he posted, he already had a lot of the picks a lot of picks he already had available. And so I think he's going to try to flip some picks for some good players that he thinks he can build around or help him try to make the pushes that he wants to make early and just see what he can make happen. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is a great move, in my opinion. Uh, great work by both of these gentlemen. Uh, let's move on to San Francisco. We're finishing up here in the trade block. we got a few more, so uh, keep hanging in there, guys. But uh, San Francisco, they send Solomon Thomas to New England for a second-round pick. So uh, I think that New England kind of overpaid here. So Glenn, you know, he's obviously not known for his GM work. Um, he's becoming more active. He wasn't bad on the sticks last year, even though there were points in time where I didn't really enjoy playing him as much, I guess, deeper into the cycle. Um, but, you know, Thomas is like, 25 so he's not gonna really he's not gonna shoot up that xp bar is growing that he has to hit in order to like and like improve an overall and he's only a 75 overall so depending on that development trait and such glenn kind of gives up a guy on a rookie contract that he could potentially draft and and i'll be honest with you i don't think new england's in win now mode the secondary is excellent the defense is fantastic and Solomon Thomas becomes a nice piece um, if he stays there. But I think that – I think he would have gotten more value out of a second-round pick and somebody on a rookie deal instead. Um, so, well, Jim, what are your I thoughts? Well, the way I look at it is this. I need Glenn to stop trading his draft picks, man. Like, honestly. Like, bro, I hope – I'm serious. Like, No, seriously. I, I really <laughs> think he's getting better from, like, having played him. And you played him a lot more than I did. You know what I mean? And so he has to be, you know, he improved last year. I think he'll try, he'll improve more this year. But the fact of the matter is he needs to, he, he should have done this. Like if I had that team, I would have figured out early, am I winning games? Am I not winning games? If I'm not winning games, I'm trying to sell off old pieces on that team, not trade for extra stuff and give up my draft picks. Cause I'm going to keep reloading as opposed to keep hoarding, hoarding. And then at some point you're going to have a cap problem and you're not going to have that draft pick, that extra draft pick or that guy on that rookie scale. So you're going to have to go out and spend more money on that backup or more money here. You know what I mean? And Solomon Thomas is going to have to get paid. Oh yeah. He's 25. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely just don't uh, like this. I Andrew, think in what no do you way, think? shape or form does new England need to trade any early draft picks. Um, because I mean that team, I they're I don't think they're gonna win a lot of games. As much as I love Cam Newton and I love that man a lot, I don't think he's the answer to that offense that just lost Tom Brady, that just lost a lot of good pieces. Um, I don't think he's the answer to that at all. 
and for any reason they should not be giving up, especially a second when you can still find gems in the second, third round that can be super good guys for your team, you know? So if I'm, like Jim said, you trade your old players and get picks to where you're not stuck without picks and aging players, and now you're just having an awful cycle in general because you screwed yourself over in the first season. I I want Glenn to be good. I want him to succeed well. Um, but I don't think this is a foot in the right direction. Um, let's and this is a big trade, right? This is the I, I would almost say this the biggest trade of the offseason next to Von Miller. And uh, Andrew, you sent AJ Green to Indianapolis for a second round pick. And Jake is oh, making sure an oh, I mean that's crazy. It's we we you know, I don't even see AJ Green showing up in camp. And, you know, Jake makes the ultimate splash here, and Andrew is is getting a pick for his rebuild. You know, A.J. Green's ancient, but he's a nice offense, and I'm excited to see what he does in Indy. Um, I don't know if position, obviously, to go out and win a Super Bowl in year one with the Colts. I think the Colts have a lot of cap room. They have space to grow, and they have young guys who are going to be good. So I think, you know, A.J. Green being as old as he is, if he's making a run and he's trying to get this extra guys, you know, that's that's one thing. But, you know, sending a second-round pick in exchange for – I think it's, it's risky, but uh, I don't know. Uh, especially this being your trade. Um, I mean, I, it depends on how successful his team is. I will say in scrimmages, A.J. Green was super good. Um, I relied on him a lot, and it kind of hurt me knowing that I probably wasn't going to have him, you know, when he was making big plays of kind of thinking who's who's going to be that guy now because uh, I liked winning and being competitive in games, and he was a big part of it. But in the long term of things, he was – I forgot how old Jake said he was. Like, he's 30-something. 32. And he was up for a contract, and I – where I can win – five games, four games just by having A.J. Green, or I can send them and hopefully win more games in the future. As a as a word of encouragement for you sending A.J. Green, you, when you're looking at your wide receiver room, you have Tyler Boyd, who is 25. He's an 82 overall. you got John Ross, who's 24, 76. You have guys on this roster who are young, and they can definitely replenish uh, that hole that A.J. Green is missing as far as if you can develop under Burrow. Jim, what are your thoughts? So I heard this move panned, and in some ways it doesn't necessarily fit the Ricky Chapstick mold that everybody's accustomed to. I think Jake will overcome any struggle, perceived struggles that he's been having early on, and uh, he'll, he'll get good at this. And what I think he did and what people do, fail to remember about the Ricky Chapstick offense is he likes to have big receivers or big tight ends because he likes to throw those ball the ball up high, especially in the red zone. And AJ Green is that type of target. So I don't I don't necessarily think Jack Doyle is what you want. And you know, Parrish Campbell, no, Pittman, eh, he's not quite that big. Like AJ Green is that type of receiver. You know what I mean? He's a physical guy. So that probably is what he felt like he was missing. Plus, AJ Green, you know, d- down the field, he can compete for the football still. I believe he's still got it in him. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's pretty expensive because he's playing on the franchise tag. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a downside for Jake. I know he had to cut some people. Uh, he cut, as we call affectionately, the brisket. Uh, so he cut the brisket. So the brisket is out there. I don't know who he signed with when free agency opened up. We'll uh, have to do some investigation on that. But – Bottom line is, I think Jake is in a great place to be successful. I think he will be successful, and AJ Green adds a dimension to his the the usual Ricky Chapstick offense that you're going to see. So, I think with Philip Rivers and crew, he's going to run the football. Don't get me wrong; he's going to be one of the best. But I think he will try to air it out a tad more. The one thing I question with this trade is who gets the short end of the stick. It's been perceived that it's Parrish Campbell. You know what I mean? Who's a young player? who could be developed for later on down the line and may not be as good as a result of uh, A.J. Green coming over. So there's that to think about, you know, because Jake is stoked on, uh, what's his name, Michael Pittman. So I, I've, I've seen so much Michael Pittman talk that he's definitely going to play. So there's no question there for me. You know, injuries 
may you know dictate that one of those guys plays more based on that because you know this is a wild game as you've seen early on with some of the injuries in the preseason uh but that that would be the one big question you know that i have for jake and he may have had other pressing needs but you know he wanted that guy so he's gonna go get it and we'll see him in the playoffs i'm pretty sure yeah i joked with Night that AJ Green is going to be hitting like fade routes every time he's in the red zone because I mean he's a six four, he's really good. Um, he's just old, and I think it's a good move for Andrews. You're unloading, uh, you know, cap room, and you're not having to resign that guy. And you're, you know, you got a young roster, and uh, I think it works out for you, especially. Um, oh, yeah. definitely, I got another move that's trying to go through. I think the trade committee still needs to look at it. I think the do submitted um, it, but just be on the lookout. I think uh, I think I know who you're talking about. We're not going to drop that information until we have it official. Um, but uh, obviously, I'm a big fan. Um, let's look at the Ravens, and those guys are under blueprint, and they're sending Matthew Judon to Arizona for a third round pick. Um, for me, I think this is a nice trade for both parties. I and looking at there's a trade that came out today. I didn't obviously have it in my notes. Um, but, you know, they're losing a pass rusher. You know, Judon's a good player. I played with the Ravens some when I scrimmaged. And, you know, you have to have a decent pass rush. Yeah, it's obviously not as important as it used to be. But, you know, Judon's a nice piece, and you're losing that. But you're getting a third-round pick out of it. Um, Jim, we'll start with you this time. What do you think? Um, you know, as far as Ramesu's concerned – I think that this is a – I want to bring in someone that's a little bit better, you know, on the outside as a pass rusher to try and help my defense. But more so, he's he's a Baltimore Raven, and I really like him. So I think that's what happened there. Um, the price isn't bad of a third-round pick. No, it's not you bad. know, so it, it should help Remesu. I don't think it really moves his win total or his needle, anything, you know, in any direction – you know, for the future based on it being a third-round pick for Ramesu. So it's really one of those uh, non-factor moves, I would call it. You know, Judon will get him some sacks and stuff like that. But, you know, what's his – you know, like in baseball, they have like a wins above replacement, you know, war type deal. Like in foot, you know, in football, like sacks above replacement. Like what what's the difference in the production that you're getting at the position? So that's really the cost analysis that I think he made. So we'll see if it pays off. Uh, in terms of blueprint, I, I can understand on one hand, you know, because he's been panned for this trade. You know, he's been hit, they, people hit him pretty hard on it. But there's one aspect, and that that aspect is that Judon was playing on the franchise tag, so the Ravens couldn't even sign him in the offseason beforehand. So they tagged him. So he's making tag money. So how much money is he going to want as a plateaued pass rusher coming off the tag? So probably in Blueprint's mind, he probably thought, okay, let me trade Judon for a third-round pick. So he's basically looking at it as like a compensatory pick, except he traded him before he could play in the season. You know what I mean? So that's probably if if I was guessing, that would be Blueprint's mindset in that situation because he has no intention. He goes, I probably can't like structure this right to be able to afford Judon long term or sign this contract. So I'm just gonna get rid of him now. I'll take a third round pick. You know, I probably want more, but you know, this is like basically a compensatory pick for me. And and that's that. So from his perspective, I I'd see that, but like, you know, they're good enough to win right now. He should be thinking about winning. You know, is that third round pick going to be really anything that Matthew Judon is? Will that third round pick ever even be an 83 or an 84 overall? Honestly, like the likelihood of that is not very high, you know, especially with the way that ratings are done in this game. You think a uh, 22-year-old guy, the normal dev that you draft in the third round that's a 70 overall is ever hitting 83 unless he plays a lot? No, more than no, likely not. Absolutely not. So so that that's the bottom line, I think, really about the whole entire thing is that while I understand where his thinking was, I think it was the wrong train of thought. You got to win now with that Ravens team. 
and you'll have Lamar Jackson, and you can retool, but you've got the pieces. You've got the Calais Campbells in the world. Like, Campbell's just going to get worse the entire cycle. Like, that type of thing. So just go for it now. Um, Andrew, what do you think? Um, anytime the Ravens want to get rid of a good defensive player, I'm all for it. You know, they lost <laughs> Earl Thomas. Yeah. They traded Judon, you know, Calais Campbell's old. He might want to get rid of him too. If he would love to, that'd be great. Um, no, but like Jim said, they are win now. And like he alluded to with the draft thing, you're not going to get a Judon type player. So I don't really understand why um but like the, the franchise tag thing that's how it was aj green but aj green was a lot older so it made a little bit more sense but uh yeah i mean i'm all i'm all cool with uh the ravens getting rid of defensive players because uh that offense i might have to score if i want to compete so yeah I'm, I'm cool with it bet you are a big fan um by the way jacob reset is now an atlanta falcon jim answer your question familiar oh so he's trying to trade matt ryan so the tank yeah is yeah. Yes. Let's see what he's doing. Um, let's finish up with our last trade that I at least I have on paper right here. Um, this was I re- I put this all together yesterday. So Jake makes another trade and he's sending tight end Trey Burton to Dallas, where White Greg is for a fourth round pick. Um, so White Greg he he likes having two tight ends, and that's my understanding that Moji you know put out on the podcast um, last night is that he likes to have two tight ends. It's something he throws tight end a lot, and he's getting Trey Burton. And I, um, he's filling a hole that he felt was there. And, you know, Jake's getting a fourth-round pick out for a player. He's not. He's never going to see the field, at least up in Indy. You know, he's not starting over Jack Doyle. So this is, this is a, I guess, this is a good move for Jake in that way. Um, Andrew, what do you think? Um, like you said, White Greg wanted a tight end. I know you and him were discussing. Um Ooh, Andrew, I guess his oh, phone died. Oh, Spencer uh, dropped him for dropping trade secrets, bro. I, this, <laughs> this is a rough, rough world. I didn't know it was like that. You didn't tell me before I came on, Spencer. What, what did you do, man? I. That's what, what happens. You drop all the secrets, you're going to get the boot. Let's see if we can get him back in here. Jim, you can go ahead and uh, kind of give, well, us, give yeah, us Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, sheesh. We'd we, we be leaking DMs now, like <laughs> – this really is a rumble, man. You and he—he he took the boxing gloves off, and yeah, he got more pretty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, as far as as far as uh, the Trey Burton trade goes, man, this is like Adele like ripped him. Like I listened to Adele's rant, and like Adele's not wrong in the standpoint of like he does weird things. You know what I mean? Like he traded me a good center for a tight for Gesicki in a fourth round pick last year, which he used Gesicki. I'll give him that and stuff like that. But like, yeah, like I got a like an 87 overall center out of it or something ridiculous that like solidified my offensive line, like like something much more valuable. You know what I mean? In in the Definitely. grand spectrum of things like so he he just he has to be smart, too, because like the way that that Cowboys team is like structured. Like picking up players like Trey Burton and giving up picks for that you can use for backups is like the dumbest thing that you can do. It just honestly is. Like, I don't understand if he thinks like Trey Burton, you know, is going to make him that much better. Like, Burton, like, is peaked up. He's going to get worse. Like, you're going to have to re sign him at some point. He makes too much money already anyway. Like, he's probably going to be a cap casualty at some point, And we're going to laugh about it because he traded a fourth round pick for him. You know, but, like, I just don't understand him as a GM. Like, honestly, like, I really don't get it. I don't think he's, like, a terrible Madden player or anything like that. He's, you know, but as far as, like, being a a general manager, he's definitely not anywhere near the top of the league, you know. So I I just don't get this trade. You have tight ends in the room already. You you can use that pick for, for extra depth later on. You could probably sign a tight end like Trey Burton in the offseason. Like, that's not a need right now. It really wasn't. There's other places you could have filled holes in, especially on, like, a limited cap situation. I don't I don't like the way that he did that at all. But, you know, it. I'm not – I wouldn't be like, oh, this is an F. This is a total failure necessarily. Oh, it's like, definitely not an F. If, if he, like, 
if he somehow like makes Trey Burton useful or something like that, you know, then it, it'll look a little bit better down the line if it helps him win games. But the bottom line is if if he if it if he wins games and he gets in the playoffs or whatever, you know, then nobody remembers that he traded a fourth round pick for Trey Burton. You know what I mean? Now if he yeah. loses a lot of games, then <laughs> it's a different story. Then you're gonna get picked apart for the decisions that you make because you lost a lot of games and you gave up an early fourth round pick that, you know, like, you know what I mean? So it's all about the narrative that you create with your play when it comes to a trade like this. And I think the way that we judge it long-term, you know, because it could end up being an F. It also could end up being something above, you know, like, you know, a B or a B plus or something like that, if it really helps him. But the likelihood of it being an F is more than it being a B plus, if that makes sense. No, I think you. Uh, I think you said a great thing there. The being the narrative changes whether or not you are successful in the season where you make that trade. Andrew, you were saying something before I uh, knocked you out <laughs> for for, uh, for talking about my trade secrets with Jared Cook. Um, if you'd like to finish that statement, uh, I don't know where it cut me out at. Uh, the technical difficulties of uh, Sprint are amazing, um, but I mean. If, like you said, Jay got rid of a guy that he's never going to use for a fourth-round pick, that he could add depth to somewhere he needs, that's great. And it, well, it correlates to White Greg being semi-successful and the uh, the two tight end thing that he likes to run. Uh, it's great, too. Um, but that's one of the ones we're going to have to watch play out to see how it goes and maybe grade it later than grade it now. It's a great trade for Jake, honestly. No, absolutely. Just, he just gets an extra pick. He loves picking in those middle rounds to get those types of guys. Um, you know, he tries to find those gems and, you know, that's a good thing for him. So all around, I think that's a good thing for Jake because I don't think he was ever going to use Trey Burton in the way that white Greg might try to. Yeah. I think Burton's uh, he's definitely, um, he's not a bad tight end, but I think Jarwin's also pretty decent in Dallas. It'll be interesting. He's also Jarwin's been paid. So like, he's got a tight end locked up. That's like the baffling part about this. It's like, you're already committed to the tight end position. Like, why are you yeah. putting more money in there? That's understandable. Um, so we finally, we finished up the trades. We had a lot to get. We finish up. We're going to have the final round here. What are your team expectations going into season 62 or 63 or wherever we are? Because it's been all over the place with that. Um, I'm going to start with my team. Um, we Hard are on feature. hard knocks. Um, <laughs> like, th- it is serious. Like, this is a big storyline. You know, one of the worst users in the league, getting one of the best rosters in the game. A lot of pressure, I'm not going to lie. I'm playing in a tough division. The schedule is horrible. You know, I'm, I honestly, truly and honestly believe that I can squeeze in to a wild card spot. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that to, because to, I am, I'll be the first to say that, um, you know, I'm, I suck at Madden. All right, I've made strides and all. Honest, okay. Um, but I honestly and truly believe, especially the way I played the screw, and just even though they they don't matter at the end of the day, I find myself confident more, not in my ability, but more so in the in the structure of the team. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna surprise some people. Um, Andrew, let's let's talk about those Bengals. What do you think? How how successful do you think it'll be this year? Um. I believe through the cycle will impress some people, uh, not maybe in the win column necessarily. I hope so, but just the our ability to compete. Um, just in scrimmages, you know, when you play me, we realize that the team might not be as bad as some people may think going into it. Um, the early talent is there, and Joe Mixon's uh, very helpful. Um, Joe Burrow did extremely well. I can only remember like one or two like inaccurate throws that the game said he made. Uh, just it's got it relies on me developing him and being patient. Um, just by the end of the cycle, my goal is to kind of gain on field respect of everybody because I am a new guy and I want to be someone that people enjoy the person people enjoy playing or maybe kind of get nervous about playing myself instead of okay, easy dub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, uh, hey, you've got a lot of good feedback on gameplay, it's a good thing. We're glad to have you on the podcast as well. Good co-host, and uh, we want just want to get you involved. It's good to get guys involved. Jim, what do you think about that Rams team? What do you think? Um, you know, I think we're in a tough division. It's going to be a tough call, but we're in that you know category where 
you know, teams that aren't necessarily elite that but aren't terrible are where you're in that six to ten win category where it could go anywhere from six to ten usually. Uh, I I don't I, I'm gonna play hard on you know obviously I'm optimistic I want to try and make the playoffs on you know try and all all those things we all try and win the Super Bowl every year don't we for the most part so that that's obviously you know the goal and when it all is said and done but you know from a realistic standpoint I'm I'm somewhere between the six and ten win area if I'm lucky there'll be a six or seven playoff spot at 10 wins that I can, you know, sneak into if I can get those 10 wins and, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, this, I've got a good defense. We, you know, we'll run the football and, you know, try and control the ball and the clock as much as we can, you know, and keep our turnovers down and try and win some games. Oh, awesome. Uh, I hope you guys do well this season. It's going to be really fun. I'm glad red zone is back. It's been a long break. Hopefully this next year we don't have as long of a break. Um, but it's it's been a good podcast. We're looking at over an hour, um, right Ooh. at an hour, actually. It's been great. Um, Red Zone, thank you for joining us. Any last words, gentlemen? Uh, oh. Just excited uh, for my first full cycle in the league. Um, excited just for everything. i got my own team now. They're a great team. I love them. I'm just really excited, man. Injuries, hashtag fix this shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um, you know, hashtag no preseason. Um, oh, hashtag wow. while I'm at it. Um, <laughs> like, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going, man. <laughs> Tim, here at all. I chose to save them all to the end, right? Yeah, Jim um, tells all right here. No, I mean, just, you know, from a preseason perspective, I think we're wasting our time. I understand, like, their whole theory of injuries on. So, if I'm going to get player injuries in the game and they want to keep them on, it's going to suck. I'm going to cry if one of my starters gets hurt. That's why I did not play a soul last night. Um, no one played for me. No one that I cared about played for me. And I came out of the game with, like, two five-week five injuries. So they're going to be injured into the regular season. These are guys that I probably would have wanted to cut. So, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's going to be tough. And injuries are part of the game. So I'm not complaining that I get injuries necessarily or anything like that. But, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of playing the preseason. Uh, I'm not I'm not in the minority there. I think it was pretty split as far as people are concerned. It was. I think it, and I think as we're moving forward, people will get tired of I like like being able to draft and then everyone being excited to play week one right after the draft. I honestly like that. Like that was one of the cool things to me. Like about the league in general. Like we all like literally get to that like draft starts, we're like we're, we care about the draft, but we're all scurrying over that schedule to figure out who we play week one. Yeah, you know what I mean. So think about it like That's that. It. So I think us playing the preseason kind of like detracts from that, and it takes that aspect away. That's like one of the most like joyous things that we have in the league. So if it were me, I'd say um, bleep the preseason, fuck the preseason, get rid of it. <laughs> we don't need it. Uh, you know, you can test your rookies. You don't necessarily need to. I think we all know what these players can do if you want to go into practice mode, play against your CPU. We don't need to play. Like, the, the, honestly, that game last night, like, because I benched all my players, it was miserable. Like, yeah. I at least, like, want to compete, but I don't want to get a guy hurt because, like, if my second corner is hurt and I'm playing a 69-70 overall corner as my second corner in my scheme, that ain't going to work. Like, I yeah. got to keep all these guys out. Like I just yeah. can't afford it. Like I want, I need to have my team intact when I play White Greg Week One. That that's how it works. <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I think they'll reevaluate. And sorry to cut you off there. I think we'll reevaluate in time, especially when people go on. You know, hey, send this game, do this, do that. I think it in time it'll. And and I'm not and I'm not advocating against injuries for the preseason or anything like that. Like done in the past. If you want to add that aspect of sim into it, I have no problem with that. It's a sim league. You know, that, that makes sense. Um, I'm just going to do everything I can to not ha have my players play. You know, I'm just like, I'm going to have to take them off the depth chart and deal with whatever ramifications that is. There are if, you know, if we're in that sim situation. And I think everyone's going to, you know, 
if we don't play the preseason, everyone is probably going to follow suit because nobody wants to see, you know, the Aaron Donalds, the Jalen Ramseys, the, you know, the world in my situation get hurt because that would, that would kill my season. Right. We're right and early, you know, to not have one of those guys for an extended period of time. And, you know, injuries happen throughout the season too, but at least I'd like it to be in a meaningful game. That's fair. That's kind of how I feel about that. A final knockout from Jim there. Uh, You love to see that. All right. Well, um, I guess we're not going to hold this up any longer. Red Zone, thanks for listening. It's been fun. I hope you guys uh, wish you luck in the best um, in the best way to begin your seasons. Hopefully, no injuries happen in preseason. Especially, uh, Jim will blow a gasket. Um, <laughs> but, um, Spencer, you play me. Nobody's playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>